Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello, Joe. No, no, it's Kate. What? It's Kate. I'm Kate. I'm not Joe. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Because Kate doesn't rhyme with hello. No. I can't say like, Kate, Kate. (laughs) It's not a thing. Yeah. You you could say you hate Kate. No, 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 no. We don't hate Kate. No, 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 no. You know why we don't hate Kate? Why? Because it was my birthday recently. It was. And so I am filled with joy for the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I almost put up a picture on our Instagram from your, I want to say, 18th birthday when you got a pair of rollerblades and I helped you uh, put on those rollerblades while I'm wearing my stirrup pants. I have have no recollection of this photograph at all. Yeah. You're sitting on the stairs. I'm helping you with your rollerblades because you've just gone for your birthday. Sure. Yeah. I remember the rollerblades. It's quite clearly. Yeah, and you I would have thought I would have had the, the scrunchies on your wrists. Oh yeah, that was a th- that wasn't actually a thing, but that was a thing I did. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of things I did that weren't things. Yeah, yeah, and so we've already kind of covered this already. But who are you? I am Kate. Not Joe. Not Joe. Kate. I will get that. Right. Okay. You are. And I'm Betsy. Yes, yes. I'm Betsy, and uh, we do a podcast. We do about Joe. No. <laughs> No, Joe. Rollerblades? Yes. <laughs> and books. Oh, yes. Books for small humans. Yes. The um, tiniest to the middle-sized. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to work on this one. I was with you on the tiniest, and then you lost me with the middle-sized. Well, size, because so. you don't have to be, like, super tiny to enjoy a classic children's book. That is true. You could, in fact, be my size you could and be your me. size, because I enjoy many of the books that we discuss. Why do we look at these books? Hmm. Well, we try and deem their classicness. Classicness. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Which is hard. Yeah, it sure is. It's an art, yeah. I would say. Yeah, to a certain extent. But you come with like an opinionated, educated background, and I just Well, opinionated go, anyway. <laughs> I just go, that's weird. That's good. Or I can't remember that. Oh boy. You know what? I think we're gonna we're gonna ratchet it up today. Well, this will be a... this week's. You said that you were gonna give me a book that um, would be full of tattoos. I consider it full of tattoos. I don't know if you will consider it full of tattoos, but I would. I would tattoo many things in this book all over the premises of my anatomy. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it's a weird way of saying. It was saying, a really weird way of saying. I was just like. Find an interesting way to... Okay, we're going with that. That was sort of how the brain was thinking that one through. So here's the book. Um, I'm very interested in your opinion of it. Mark, George. Yes, by... Jules Pfeiffer? That's correct. Do you know who Jules Pfeiffer is? Nope. Have you ever seen The Phantom Tollbooth? Nope. I mean, oh, I've heard of it. Right. So he did the art for that. Oh, um, there's art. Okay, I'm just going to hand <laughs> you the book, and we'll just proceed from there. Okay. Okay. While Kate's reading the book, which will take her, checks watch, 
all of three minutes. It's a really short book. Uh, I would like to give you a little background information. I don't want to get too much into Mr. Pfeiffer's background because that will be in our conversation, but here's something you may not have known. I mentioned that the man was responsible for the art in the Phantom Tollbooth, and you might think to yourself, well, that would be something I would like to hear him speak on the topic about. And golly gee, wouldn't it be fun if he spoke with Norton Juster, who is an urbane and amusing fellow? Uh, well, now you can. I just recently bought three copies of the documentary The Phantom Tollbooth, Beyond Expectations, a documentary about the classic children's book. This showed in the New Yorker Film Festival, I'm going to say back in 2013, uh, and then it showed at Near Public Library. Uh, not long after that, I saw it, I loved it, I never forgot it, and then recently I was able to purchase some copies from my library. Uh, if you go, just Google it. They've got a great website for it. It is worth every penny to see it. It is a sheer delight. So for more Pfeifferness, get thee to a website. We're back. We are. Hello, person who took much longer to read this really short book than I expected. Moo. Ha! Huh? That means I have to reach down your throat now. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> okay. I... Let me get my longest latex glove. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, good. So, first of all, mm. who wrote the, the title on the title page? I assume Jules Pfeiffer wrote. It seems to be in keeping with his style. It's like really bad handwriting. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, that was his to style. To the point that yes. it bothers me. Oh dear. Like, <laughs> really? I can't look at this and... Is it the A in bark? It's everything. <laughs> it's the fact that he did it in a marker because you can see part of the yeah, chisel tip. Yeah, he totally did with a marker, uh, yeah. And, and then it... Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. Yes, no, the yeah. A, and then... Maybe he, paint. Maybe... But I don't know if it's paint. Yeah, it's too hand-drawn to be paint, I'd say. Uh, it, oh, it's, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm a woman that can appreciate a good handwriting, mm -hmm. and this bothers me. This I don't is, think he's trying. This is like petting a cat backwards, oh, you know? Oh, right, yeah. That's, that's yeah, it's like rubbing two pieces of styrofoam together. Yeah. I hate that sound. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Oh. So, it, the, the whole story is about a nightmare. mother and her son, mm -hmm. and they are dogs. They are, and you have a dog. I have a dog. There you go. So you can communicate with this on a different level than I. <laughs> well, I'm looking at these dogs, mm. the mother and the son, mm -hmm. and they look like two entirely different breeds. They could be. We don't the ears know. are well, different. We don't know that he wasn't adopted <clears> by <throat> the same owner. Uh, you know how they'll bring in like an older dog, and then they'll bring in like a puppy later? And then make, maybe the older dog feels like a mother to it in some way. It says George's mother. Sure. Didn't say, I mean, she could be the adoptive mother. It must be because they just look too different well, to what me. If, but what if, the, what if the, the father was like a white dog, you know, and then you get like a mix of colors? Genetics, baby. Genetics. But, but I'm looking at like... You think he's like a different kind of dog well, entirely? The ears are different. The ears are different, the yeah. The tail is different. Mm, his tail is yet to grow. But I would agree the ears... Well, I don't know. Maybe he had his ears docked. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> All right, we're willing. This, I'm willing this to leave. real sad, real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will. I will not question the lineage of George. George's mother, mm. the female dog, mm -hmm. requests George to bark. Quite. And he starts off by saying meow. Mm -hmm. 
And she's like, no, no, cats go meow, and dogs go arf. Sure. Now bark. Mm-hmm. Now apparently arf and bark are the same thing. I think they're quite is, different. Okay, well this is a good point because I actually read this earlier today. And when I read this to a large group of preschoolers, what I tend to say is... Um, Dogs go, and then I do a sort of like an ellipses in the air, dot, 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 and I indicate to the children to make a dog sound. Uh And inevitably what they say is woof, Woof. bark, Ah. bark, bark, uh, (laughs) bow, wow, even on occasion, though that's kind of a weird kid who comes up with that one. But, uh, and and they they don't say arf. Unless you have prepped them to say arf. But it's not a natural... That's weird. The doggy says arf. Yeah. Well, then she says, you know, now say bark. And Mm. he goes, quack, quack. At which point, the mother went from, I would say, pretty calm. She's pretty calm in that one, yeah. To super annoyed. (laughs) She's super annoyed. With the whites in her eyes. She's beginning to grit her teeth. Yeah. Yeah, she has acquired whites for her eyes. Before that, they were just little black dots They were just dots. Insignificantly small black dots. And as soon as he says, uh, quack, quack. She goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> no, this, yeah. She could take two mistakes, but when you get to the third. Well, and then she says, no, ducks go quack quack, dogs go arf, now bark, George. And George goes, oink. How does she, how does she take that? At this point, she's having a panic attack. <laughs> she, I like that they're, like, under her eyes, you bags have appeared. Yes. Just and nightmarish bags. every time George barks, his pupils get oh, yeah. bigger and bigger. Which, and they're just black dots, but they're bigger. bigger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, like, it's a little Like, scary. I can't stop myself from saying it. Like, yeah, you know when, like, you can't stop yourself from doing something physically, and there's that moment of, like, I am not in control of my own body. I feel like he is experiencing that. I just feel really sorry for each one of them in this situation. I would you agree. Know? They were both equally the poor to be mom pitied. is like stressing out. Yeah. The son's doing everything he can. It's He's just, trying to please her. His eyes are going to explode <laughs> out of his head. Or I think they'll just consume his head till he's I mean, nothing I mean, but an eye. You could tell he's using every muscle in his body because yeah, he's somehow, the ripples of the he's back. He's a grown muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, from... he's straining, right? Before he was relaxed, but now her no, panic now is he's informing. Like, ah! Well, her her panic is informing his panic, right? Yeah. Like when a kid won't feel panicked until they see their parent panic, and then they're like, "Oh shoot." This is a serious situation. This is the time to panic, yeah. I, I, this is the time to panic. And now, because I'm panicking, I can't do the thing this person wants me to do. And which I was failing to do before, anyway, when I was relaxed. She tries one more time. She said, yeah. no, pigs go oink. Now, now bark, George. And he goes, moo. At this point, she's not mad. She's disappointed. <laughs> she, is, she may be disappointed in herself. You know, Even. it's the she whole, looks, it's yeah. just a sad situation, you it know, is. so she takes... She is willing to believe there is a medical reason, though, right? Like, she's not, she didn't take him to a psychiatrist. She, she took, took him, him to a physical doctor. She took him to a vet, which <laughs> a I vet. immediately don't trust. Because, <laughs> Why? um, between the ponytail... Ooh, the balding ponytail, he's got a receding hairline with a, with a ponytail. Oh my gosh, there's so many problems with this man, yeah. but... The main problem I have with him hmm. is his disappearing, reappearing gloves. Oh, really? You can see here. He's clearly putting on he is a putting latex on a glove, glove. Yeah. on his left hand. Yes, he is. And he says, we'll get to the bottom of this. this now is... bark, George. This is interesting. And George goes, meow. Right. 
Right. At which so point, far. he reaches in with his sure. one hand. Same, same left hand. Yep. Into the dog oh. and pulls out a cat. Oh. But somehow, while pulling out the cat, huh. he has obtained a glove on his right hand. As well as his left. He has now one on his yes. right. He now has Maybe, two. maybe, maybe there was a latex glove inside of George. How would that... But when he pulls it out, he's pulling... You, you clearly see the left one is going in. Mm-hmm. And then somehow... You need to When hands. the cat started coming out, he must have told the mom to put another glove on the other hat so he wouldn't have to touch Oh, she's not cat. paying attention to the No, she's not at, at all. all. She is in shock. Her full attention is on her son. As well it might be if something your size came out of your mouth. Right. Does he unhinge his jaw like a, like a snake? You would think. Yeah. So then he, the the vet reaches two, in again. Two gloves now com- completely on. Yeah. Yeah. And the and George goes quack quack. The vet reaches in and pulls out a duck. I, I, what is it? Who feeds this dog? First of all, who feeds the dog? Second of all, mm. why does the dog eat but not chew? I'm thinking... Yes, I would. I don't think anyone's feeding the dog. I feel like the dog. I don't know if the dog is purposely downing these creatures, or you know, there is the idea that perhaps he is producing them in some way, which is disturbing in and of itself. I mean, they must have gotten there somehow. What's the What's the term that people used to do in the old days when they thought that uh, things would spontaneously come, like frogs would spontaneously come out of the mud? There was like a term for that, like not spon like. It was spontaneous regeneration or something like that. That's that's that could be a theory here. Really? No. <laughs> but we've got a puppy producing livestock, so I'm willing yeah, to go with so it. So I think they live on a farm. And oh, it's possible, and nobody noticed that they were losing livestock. Well, whenever maybe, the puppy was around, maybe there's a wolf, you know, that yeah. uh, is in the area. I don't know, man. We don't puppy. know what city they live. Pigs in. ain't cheap. Then if, again, it is a city. They definitely are in the city. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they took a trip to the farm once. Well, then when... So then the vet puts on his longest, longest latex, latex glove. glove. Yes. yes. That, is a, that is a fun uh, thing to say in story time, I can tell you that. And uh, and when George goes moo, and I'm... And, and, and he really Did you notice George's expression when he looks at that glove? Like, oh, dear I, God. I would be terrified, too. I mean, yeah. look at the mom. She can't even watch. She can't even watch. This is just a horrific scene. She does not want to see what's going to happen. She knows what's going to happen. And this page really, like, sets you up for something. Well, because... this is the art of the page turn, right? Right. So, I mean... Because, uh, okay, so because before this, remember, there was a surprise when the first animal came out. Right. So... The cat. The cat. The cat was a surprise. And kids laugh. And then you see the duck. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the... And then it's and the rule of threes, right? And then right. the pig. And so you're ready for that. So you're ready for the cow, but it would ruin it to see the cow here. Like you'd seen on the previous pages. Well, I wasn't expecting a cow. You said moo. What were I you know. expecting? I don't know. Another dog saying moo? I was I was expecting a surprise. <laughs> oh, well, it, I think it's, oh, it's surprising enough. I mean, yeah. It's a really... Big cow. It is a it, it it's a very big cow. Yeah, where's its udder? That's a it's it could be hidden behind okay, his leg okay. here. Her her cows are always hers. And the mother has died. Oh yeah, yeah. She yeah, is just out for uh, the count. She has passed out. She couldn't take it anymore. That's true. I mean, wait, if you saw a cow coming out of your son, 
If my son opened his mouth and a cow came out, you would probably yeah, die. Yeah, I too. would be. Yes. I'm with the mom on this one. <laughs> yeah. So you know, George is asked to bark, mm-hmm. and when he barks, he goes arf. Now, can I ask something here? No kid has ever pointed this out, but this occurs to me every time I see this. How do we know there's not a dog inside of him? That's a great question. Thank you. Thank you. This yeah. has always disturbed me. They just assume that the arf that's is his coming o- from him. That that's his own arf. Not right, from exactly. the mysterious dog. There that may he be also some ate. other dog. Yep. And I'm going to say a greyhound because Maybe we can be going dad. by size. He's dead. That's what happened to his dad. Aww. Aww. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> really hungry. So when, when he says arf, they're just so happy. They are. They're thrilled. But is it because he possibly hasn't eaten any more animals? Mm. Are they afraid that they're going to be next? <laughs> and then I wrote, what would he say if he ate the vet? Hmm. Ah. Mm. Well, you were anticipating things now, weren't you? I was. You were, you were getting ahead of yourself there, Missy. Because at that point, well, he says arf, and mm-hmm. the mom is so excited, mm-hmm. so happy that she kisses the vet, she kisses the cat, the duck, the pig, the cow. Yeah. And so they're walking along the street, and she wants to show off her, her, her boy to everyone. And I'm looking at all these people on the city mm-hmm. street, I guess, and I'm like, when was this made? Oh, uh, that would be uh, 20 years ago, so 1999. Okay. Yeah. Late nineties. Yeah, because I'm looking at these cell phones and they're like. Oh, let me see. Oh the, yeah. They're the old school, like gigantic mm-hmm. phones. I'm also looking at like the headphones. Headphones that are always wear. a good indication too. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out uh, we get a cameo. So this uh, older fellow is Jules Pfeiffer pushing his daughter, who will come into play in a moment here, uh, explaining why she is in the book. Hmm. Yes. So that's a nice, uh, that's a nice little hat tip. Does she have feet? Nope. No, yes, yes, they. Oh. <laughs> I think they're just tucked into her stroller a bit there. Well, we get to the end where Mama says, Bark, George. And George went, Hello. Hello. So at that point, I'm like, Okay, was it the vet? Did he eat the vet? I don't know. That's a really busy street. Anyone could be missing and no one would notice for a while. It could be a kid. It could easily be a very small child. Yes. Hmm. Though if I was a small child trapped inside a puppy... I don't think I'd be saying, hello. I think I'd be saying, get me out of this dang puppy. So do you think the dog has learned to speak English then? Because he's... Oh, now that's interesting. Because he's heard, you know, his mom talking to the vet, Mm -hmm, talking mm -hmm. to, you know, checking in and out of the clinic, walking down the street, hearing Mm -hmm. the people on the street, hearing greetings. Maybe he's just learning English. Maybe. I can say that when I show this to kids, it is very interesting. I can do it to a whole range of ages. And only some preschoolers catch on as to why he's saying hello. They know that the ending is significant. They will sometimes fake knowing why the ending is significant. So they'll go, oh, but you can see in their eyes. <laughs> they, they don't know. And so if I say, what's inside George now? It's interesting to see which ones go a person and other ones, which I always love. I always love they say a person. They don't say a, a man or a woman or a mm-hmm. boy or a girl. I think they say a person. Uh, but only some of them. Like, it'll be, like, two of them. And then the rest of them kind of go, I like that look of, like, oh! <laughs> like, oh, it's cool, actually. It's kind of cool to see, like, how like how far they've progressed in being able to process literature, essentially. Hmm. Do, you, do you want the origin story on sure. this one? So, origin story. This was told to me 
and I'm, I had this written down, and I'm, it's from my blog, so I'm going to have to assume it's correct. Uh, this was told to me when I hosted Mr. Pfeffer along with Nick Brule, Lori Keller, and Dave Roman. Who knew? In a uh, children's literary salon at NYPL on humor in children's books. They were my four panelists, and he explained where the book came from. He told us that when his daughter was young, she would lie on the top of her bunk bed, and he would lie on the bottom bunk and tell her a story out of his head. He'd just make up bedtime stories for her. And sometimes they were very good, but what often happened, because I don't know if you can tell, but he was a, a much older father. Mm -hmm. He had her very much later in life. She may be adopted. I can't quite remember um, why he has such a young daughter, but in any case, he has older daughters too. Um, he would he would just fall asleep, as you would if you were on the bottom bunk. And so he would, he would be telling her a story, he would fall asleep somewhere in the process, wake up and not remember any of the story that he had just been telling. <laughs> so in this case, however, he had an inkling that he should probably write the story down before he forgot it. And he did. Uh, and then he went to sleep. And when he woke up, he had no memory of writing it. But he saw it on the paper and he realized what had happened. And so he went with it. Um, which just proves that the man probably had a billion brilliant stories and they're all lost through the sands of time. Oh, Yeah. He's, a, he's quite famous in his way. He's a playwright, a screenwriter, a cartoonist. He was the first cartoonist commissioned by the New York Times to create comic strips for their op-ed page. And as I mentioned before, did the art for the Phantom Tollbooth. And then he also has done some picture books. He did one with his daughter, Kate, his older daughter, Kate, uh, which was called My Side of the Car, where a girl wants to go to the zoo and it starts raining. And she's like, oh, no, my side of the car is totally sunny. There's, like, millions of people. They have their sprinklers on because there's, like, so no rain. So we, we're going to the zoo. And then she finally has to admit that it is raining on her side of the car. It's a very good picture book. Hmm. Yeah, he's good at these things. So here's the shocker, though. You want to guess where it ended up on the top 100 picture books poll back in 2012? Uh, 99? Go higher. Oh, well, I thought it was top 100. It was top 100. So go go higher towards one, I'd say. Oh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be lower? Fine. Go lower. <laughs> 50. Lower. No. I'm not kidding you. 20. Lower. 1. Okay, that <laughs> wasn't 1. Wasn't 1. Smart alky type child. No, it was 9. It made it to the top 10. The top 10. I don't know about that. Top 10. I was shocked. I was shocked at the time. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, here's maybe here's an explanation why. Publishers Weekly put a little finger on the pulse of the book and said, quote, Pfeiffer reverses the old lady who swallowed a fly plot and boosts the giddiness with every barnyard animal review removed from Tiny George. Hmm. I was like, oh, I yeah. hadn't really thought about that, but it is sort of the opposite of the old lady who yeah. swallowed a fly. Yeah. I know a small doggy who swallowed a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Regurgitated that <laughs> after he swallowed that cat. Uh, Perhaps he's fat. Perhaps he's fat. <laughs> uh. There is a Weston Woods video, as per usual, and uh, John Lithgow, I believe, narrates that one. Oh. And, which is a pretty good, pretty good choice, I'd say. Sure. If you had to come up with somebody. Why not? Didn't win a darn thing, of course. Uh, well, in terms of Caldecott, but it won a buzz. I'm just not even going to... There's it a whole list of It won a lot of, of awards. It won many awards. Many of them state awards with names like... 
the Flicker Tail Award, which I think may be my favorite on this list. Ah, the Doobly Day. The Doobly Day Award. <laughs> the Humzinger. The <laughs> Blunderbuss Award. Uh, yes. <laughs> In honor of Tommy Unger. <laughs> Yes, all right, ratings time. Yeah, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm pretty stuck because it's a very cute book. It is cute. It's very fun. It is fun. But the, I when I think of the word classic, yeah. I think of a book that you would pass down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think of this as a book that I would want on my bookshelf generation after generation. Mm-hmm. I would pick it up at a library. Sure. I would read it in front of a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. I would read it to my own kid if I had one. Mm-hmm. Seems like a fun book. Oh, yeah. But classic. Mm-hmm. It's a high bar for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like a, like a 4.5. Okay, so I predicted this uh, because the art is sketchy. It is not Kate art, right? Oh, this is not your style. No. I mean, you right, right away, the font. You haven't even talked about the font on the cover. I can't. I don't. I can't. Which is a different. It is the same writing, but it's um. Yeah, with the comma after bark on the cover page, it looks like it's bark Georget. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks oh like an accent mark. Oh my lord! It does look like it says bark Georget. <laughs> bark Georget. How did we not discuss this before? I mean, bark Georget. No. <laughs> what is French for woof? I know that they have different animal sounds, like cocorico for for cockadoodle-doo. Did you not know that? No. The French for cockadoodle-doo is cocorico. Um, I it's mean, like, of course you are, you French. Do you? <laughs> you say like, I don't know. Wouldn't they all just say no? I think it's something like ow 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 or something like that. <laughs> or I could be getting that mixed up with the pig. All right. So anyway, I predicted that you would not be a huge fan. Yeah. Now here's 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 the rub. Uh. I'm a super big fan. Like, I'm a major, mega, like, number nine on the top ten. That's all good to me. I love this book. Now, the reason is greedy. I can read this to any group of kids, and it goes over. Like, I read it today. today. I wasn't even going to. But I went to my kids' um after preschool literacy night, and they wanted me to read a book. And I read this uh, along with The Very Impatient Caterpillar. Uh, which is a brand new book. Two thumbs up, by the way. And uh, I, you know, I did this one because I knew, A, it's short. B, preschoolers get it on some level. Uh, C, you can do all these animal sounds, Mm -hmm. which is a really great thing in and of itself. Um, Yeah, it's great to read to kids. But the the page turns are the key. The page turns are brilliant. It works with the simplicity of the text. It's a story you haven't seen before. It's no, no, just... you've seen this. We've said you've seen this story no, just from the other way No, you've seen a many things going. Yeah, but that's entirely different. No, it's entirely not. different. Yeah, it is it's because the lady same. dies. The old lady dies. There's no one's dying here. Well, no, people are being reborn. This is about rebirth, regurgitation, rebirth. But rebirth's all the same. It, 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 he produces. Here's the thing: they should be dead. You know what he is? He's a content producer. That's what he is. They should be dead. Oh, they should. Oh, but, they should be dead. I mean, he should be dead. Yeah, everyone in this book should be dead, but they're not, Kate. But they're not dead. Is it a classic? I think yes. I think it is a modern-day classic. I would be proud to put this on my shelf, my children's shelf, my children's but, children's but shelf. But is it on your shelf? 
I, uh, mm. I don't own, I'd have to buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if someone gave it to me, I'd keep it on my shelf forever. Yeah, who would buy this? I would buy this. You haven't, though. Well, because I don't buy books, dude. <laughs> that's not a fair thing to say. I don't buy any books. You, I wait I say, for them to fall in my lap, and then I keep them. You but. Could, I could see you renting this out at a library. I can't see you giving this as a gift. Oh, I would give this as a gift in a heartbeat. I recommend it constantly. Like, whenever anyone has to do a read-aloud, I always say bark door. Yeah, when you do a read-aloud, but but that's different. That's not saying, like, that... No, I read to my kids all the time, too. It's so good. All it's right. so good. So, wait, what's your number? I'm an eight. All right, a so... A freaking eight. We're definitely... It's Wait, a classic. Right. I love it. And I love it more wait, than so you. Wait, so you said there were tons of tattoos in here. I thought so. You wouldn't put that duck on you? No. You wouldn't put the, uh... You know what I would do? The mom? I would okay. do the accent mark over the E. <laughs> that would be my tattoo. People would be like, what does that mean? You'd be like, je sais. <laughs> je ne sais quoi. Woof. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As the French say. Do they? I don't know. Letters time. Okie dokie. We got a whole plethora here. Uh, we start with Rebecca. Ooh. Who sent a visual. So Rebecca responded to our, our Twitter account. And she wrote and she said, uh, this is what she said. And I'll, I'll give you the words before I give you the uh, images. She says, it happens. You'll be pleased to know that after being forced to clean the walls, Grandpa rewarded him with his very own copy of Harold and the Purple Crant. Now I'm going to show you an image here, Kate. And uh, what, can you describe to the listeners what it is that I am showing you here? It's a boy <laughs> who what has... Is, what has the boy done? He has drawn over, so he's he's like playing on his bed, and he's mm. drawn all over the mattress, all over the wall, all over the the headboard. It's, it's almost impressive. I mean, like, he's like, got I'm, marker I, on his hands, I, I on some of, shells. On I kind of admire it because there's a dedication at work here that I don't have. I mean, he's got it on the bed, but and he's got it on um, creepy pair of underwear. Yes! He did not get it on the box of Kleenex, <laughs> which is quite impressive because it's amongst the chaos. It is the cleanest thing on that bed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll be putting this on the, uh, I'll put this on the, on the, on the uh, show notes so people can see this. All right. Well, then there was mom's email and you and I both misinterpreted this email at the beginning. Yeah. We both thought that she was talking about her plans for when she is old and, and we have to put her Because somewhere. we did that Wilfred blah, 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 blah book. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody what? contested, by the way. I was waiting for people to be like, I remember this title perfectly whenever anybody yeah, no, points no, no, me. No. Nobody Wilfred something, something, that. something, something. Wilfred Gordon McDonald Partridge, but that's only because I've had to type it 20 times on the blog post. Yeah. So, yeah. So that book, which was about... Uh, people in a retirement home. She was commenting on that. We thought she was saying that she wants to go to retirement right, exactly. home. Instead, she was explaining to us the difference between uh, adult daycare and assisted living. Uh, so, okay, I'm not going to read it here. I'm just saying that that's what was going on. So, there, there you go. Thank, thanks, Mom. But then Sarah wrote, and she had the same kind of thing. She says, and hers was a little... A little more succinct. It helps that Sarah's not our mother, so I did not right. get confused and think <laughs> Sarah wants me to put her into an assisted living facility. But she wrote, adult daycare is actually quite different from senior homes. Adult daycare is just where seniors go during the day. My grandma used to go to one during the day and then came home to her senior living facility. Hers was culture specific too. 
which I thought was very interesting. Interesting. So, and and, and <clears throat> so succinct. Hmm. And then uh, Stephanie, the third sister. Um, so we had mentioned that she has a book um, yes. coming out, I believe called uh, The End of Something Wonderful. And she wrote, uh, I terrified everybody at the Stanford dish by screaming bloody murder while listening to the Fuse 8 podcast. I had to explain to concerned hikes that, in fact, I did not see a mountain lion, <laughs> but instead, uh, Betsy Bird of SLJ likes The End of Something Wonderful. Dead. Aww. Aww. I am not a mountain lion. Nope. Nope. Not yet, anyway. All right. Grown-up things we like. Yes. Yes. Okay, so... What you like? It is this artist that I discovered through a friend when she went to um, a comic convention. She took a picture of some of the art that she bought, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. What's the name of the artist? The name of the artist is Karen Hallion, H-A-L-L-I-O-N, mm -hmm. and on Instagram you can follow her at Karen Hallion Art, and she does really cool, strong women art. Mm -hmm. um, so just to show you some examples, she's got, she'll do uh, drawings of nine women in profile, and we'll have one word next to each one. So Merida from Brave will have the word fight next to her. Captain Marvel will have Marvel. Hermione will have learn next to her. I've got five. You'll have... Oh, oh I can, I can identify more. more than five. Okay. There's there's Buffy the Vampire Slayer that has Slay next to it. The the sister from um, Hamilton. Oh! Right? So, and of course, you got okay. Rey from I'm Star you. Wars. You got Princess Leia, yeah. Mulan, uh, Anna Green Gables. But... Well, and yeah, and I saw... I think that's um, Meg from the Wrinkle in Time movie that they made not that long ago. Yeah, so like I was looking at her art, and you can buy oh, these as individual prints. You can buy them on shirts. You can buy pins, um, and I just I love her interpretation of strong, uh, well, fictional. Well, some are fictional. Um, mm -hmm. You know, she, you have Lady Liberty on there. Lady Liberty's real. And it says vote next to it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just thought her art is pretty cool. You should check her out on Instagram or Etsy. Uh, Karen Hallion. Cool. H a l l i o n. And Karen with a K. Karen with a K. Yeah. Always good to know. Yeah. Mine is also art-based in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I was on a committee recently where I had to judge adult comics. What? And teen comics. What? Along with the children's comics, which I already knew. So every, I have to do this once a year. And I, I'm, I'm forced to read many adult comics. And they're very good because this is supposed to be for like a best of the year award. So I end up seeing all these cool comics. So, um, for example, there is Abbott. Abbott is by Saladin Ahmed. Now, I was already inclined to like it because there's a big old Patton Oswalt uh, <laughs> blurb on the cover. Patton loves comics, but I've never seen him actually blurb something before. And this is basically, if you like... I, I hate that they what they say on the back is like, move over, Lois Lane, Abbott's on the beat. Yeah, it's about a woman uh, reporter in the 1970s. Uh, crime and racism are running rampant. And then there's a lot of really freaky magic going on as well. Cool. But it's mostly about her having to, like, you know, butt her head against the system. And, uh, and I love her as a character. She's, like, every day she has two glasses of whiskey. One in the bar and one at home by herself. And she works, like, she always has a routine. Like, and that routine is what she sticks to. And she's got ex-lovers left, right, and center, and she's got this boss who's sympathetic, but his bosses are not, and 
it is really freaky and good and interesting and uh, two thumbs way, way up. Cool. And then the other one was a YA uh, huge tome called On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden, which I just missed entirely last year. And it is... Um, it is space. It is it is teenagers falling in love. Uh, it mostly um, LGBTQ um, more than anything else. It's about a girl who was in love with another girl, and then the other girl went away, and she's trying to get back to her. And uh, beautiful art. And so she's joined with this crew that uh, restores buildings on other planets. And uh, it's there's a non-binary character, and it's just. It's just super cool and incredibly heavy and a quick read. So, <laughs> those those are my two. Cool. Neat. All right. All right. I guess Georges George. has passed the Back, test. Back, Georges. Back, I say. Uh, le wolf. Maman. Non. <laughs> le, I, le mou. Je ne désirais... Uh, Go on. Arf. <laughs> and that's our French for the week. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just going to cut it off there. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Keith. Bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drew Etienza is by Drew Etienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.